Hey there, welcome to Cageless, a conversation podcast about experiential wisdom and personal hope. I'm Jenny Johnson. I'm a writer and I'm asking experts, thought leaders, and my friends to share their knowledge and tools on how they found freedom. Hey, hi, hello. I think this is my first podcast not using headphones, which would probably be a wise idea because I'm in Paris right now, which is a very busy and loud city. So it would be nice to know if I was having a little bit of feedback, but as the French say, c'est la vie. That is also the extent (laughs) to what my French language goes to, to be quite honest. I know like a couple of little phrases. I'm learning how to count in French. I, I kind of feel like, um, an adolescent in a lot of ways, which whenever you're learning something new, you just feel fresh. You feel like a child. And I also kind of think that that's the beauty of it is that whenever you are learning something new, you have the pleasure of being an amateur. And a lot of the time, at least me, when I was growing up, I never wanted to be bad at anything the first time I tried it, or I wanted to immediately be an expert at it. But I'm learning more and more every day as I'm learning a language, which is like one of the most difficult things that a person can learn. Like it's not a hobby or a task or something that you can tangibly like hold and like do. It is rewiring your brain to use communication differently, which I don't know. I I was teaching someone how to juggle yesterday, which <laughs> it's funny because I've never considered myself ambidextrous or super athletic in any way other than being a baller juggler because I was taught that at a really young age. And so even this person that I was teaching who was older than me and wiser than me in so many different ways didn't know something that I knew. So teaching them something from like a childlike perspective from like an expert, not that I'm an expert, I can't like juggle knives or I don't even think I got up to like clubs, you know, like the like juggler jester like clubs. Um, I really only ever do like lemons or tennis balls, but we digress. As I was saying, I am in Paris today. Um, France has been beautiful and amazing um this week it is sunny outside right now and i love october in the cities i say cities that was me comparing paris and new york in my head i haven't been to many other big cities other than dallas and paris and new york in la i guess that's actually quite a few um in the month of october i just think that there's this cozy feeling of being in a city and everyone has brought out their boots and you know their light coats and the leaves are falling and changing colors and you know there are all of the like pumpkin loaves and like the pumpkin spice lattes are coming out and in Paris I haven't really uh drank a lot of like exciting fall drinks other than lots of different wines (laughs) because here it's kind of just customary to get like a black coffee or at least in my experience I was with someone that got an iced coffee and I had never 
I had never heard of a French person ordering an iced coffee. I've only been around people that have ordered like black espressos. And I've kind of been following that trend, but it was cool to see someone like not follow the like typical cliche trend, which kind of like gave me permission to be like, oh, I don't have to just drink an espresso like everyone else. So when you're like coming into a new culture or you are around you know, a specific kind of person from a specific kind of place, it's cool to see them go outside of the notion that you had of like everyone in that demographic. And I think that's important for everyone to be able to see. Um, I think it's Ted Lasso that says like, every person is a different person. And I've had a really hard time with that. Like, especially being in a different country on a different continent as I've traveled over this past year extensively I have been trying to deconstruct and undo these preconceived notions that I have of like an entire people you know I don't think that it's racism or uh, like sexism or I think it's really just generalizations that I'm trying to get rid of out of my head and out of all of the things that I've been thinking of, of like a certain kind of person from a certain kind of place, which brings me to today's subject that I want to talk about, which is being alone in a place where you usually aren't alone, which is the dinner table or lunch table or breakfast table, I guess. I think of like coffee shop, cafe table, if I think of like breakfast, because like, I don't know, a lot of, a lot of people do eat breakfast alone, <laughs> but I think that that's also something that they could really be implemented into, uh, the new nuclear family, like the way that, you know, Americans, which is, you know, my particular culture that I can speak for, we in this day and age, are so accustomed to like grabbing something and then like running out the door or like grabbing a coffee on the way to work or not taking time to sit with one another, especially in the mornings, like with your family or like the people that you live with. I remember when I did live with roommates, I loved the mornings that we spent together, which, you know, that comes with like, if you're in college and like you all have classes that are in conjunction with one another and you can take time to sit with one another, or like if you are living with your family, whatever your age is, like who has to get to work at one time, who has to get to school at one time. But I do think that there's something to say for the positive camaraderie around a dining table. And as someone who is single, not married, and does not have children other than my dog, which he is my child, uh, technically, because I am his caregiver. <laughs> but him and I don't eat together. I think that there is a liberation in learning how to dine alone and choosing that route rather than, you know, asking someone to dinner, asking someone to eat with you all of the time, feeling like you can't go out to a cafe, out to a restaurant, out to a bar, 
by yourself, which drinking and drinking alone at a bar, that's a different conversation. Because I do think that drinking, especially as a woman alone, is something to be very cautious and like educated of your surroundings in. Like I said, different conversation. But choosing to dine alone, I have found so many interesting perspectives from people and not even just like other people that are dining at a restaurant but people like the waiters like I've had such cool conversations with waiters because I am not eating with anyone else like there's this server serving me a meal and I'm so grateful for the hands that prepared it and the hands that are delivering it to me so why would you not spend the time communicating with this particular person? And specifically dining alone around the world in different restaurants, different bakeries, you know, terraces, I have had some of my most interesting encounters. And I don't think that they should be something that I want to always seek out, if that makes sense, because, you know, some days I will want to go out to dinner by myself or like I find a really cool restaurant online or something's really recommended to me and I'm like, oh, this is going to be an experience. I'm so excited. And then like I actually don't even really talk to anyone or the food is not that great or whatever. I think it's more about putting yourself in the in the place where the universe can work with and through you like I don't know if you've ever heard of the notion of I think I I heard this from the his name is Austin his his name starts with a k his last name starts with a k and he he wrote um I'll, I'll have to look it up and I'll link it in the show notes he wrote great artist steel and I don't know if it's it's his uh concept because I've also heard other writers talk about it but that the universe uses us as channels as if we are open to it like and that's in terms of like creativity but I also think that if you have a story in your head if you have a story in your heart if you have an idea allowing yourself to be interrupted by the agenda of God the universe circumstance whatever you want to consider fate as identifying as if you allow yourself to just be interrupted by your ideas of what you think will be a good time or what you think is best for you there's so much serendipity that happens that that I don't think that we will see unless we open our eyes to the wonder of it and I wish that more people could understand that dining alone isn't shameful and it's not something to be scared of. In fact, I challenge you to like freaking go on a date with a book from your bookshelf. Go on a date with, you know, yourself. Put your phone away, away from you, which I actually think that if you put your phone away, like completely in a place where you can't even see it, that the, you know, the neuroplasty in your brain isn't going to attach to the dopamine that your phone usually brings into your eyes and into your body. Like turn off the notifications of your life and just 
live and like just eat and just be present and being in European culture in general, I don't think that it's like specific to France because I felt this a lot in other countries as well, but being present with your food and being present with yourself is to me one of the most healing parts of learning to love myself and like love my own company and like learn that like my company isn't something to be scared of because as someone who has suffered from you know mental ailments and disordered ways of being and thoughts learning that your mental illness dissipates whenever you befriend yourself because if you learn to love the company that you keep outside of whatever is between your two ears, you are an advocate for respecting yourself. Track with me. And whenever you respect the company that you keep, you respect yourself and in conjunction, just like back and forth one another. So I think that like allowing yourself to, you know, actually savor what you're eating, actually touch the tablecloth, actually breathe, actually take into account of like, I see God in the food that I'm eating, advocating for my existence right now, instead of just like scarfing something down, like we do with so much of the media that we consume, like we do with a lot of the food that we consume. I think that like learning to eat alone in a different country outside of America has been also just like the most wild experience because rushing in a restaurant that is not American makes you really stick out. Choosing to like scarf down your food or like take being like taking pictures of your food or like being on your phone or like trying to get the waiter's attention or like asking for like specifics on your food like you are going to stick out and like you are not you are probably not going to be very well liked by the 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 waiting staff or the people that are like next to you unless they're like also a foreigner that comes from a culture that's all about instant gratification and consumption and i don't like being a part of that in fact i look at how much that mentality has harmed me into my young adult life. And I think that there has never been anything bad coming from learning how to slow down. Unless it comes to like traffic violations, which I don't think that you should slow down if it's like endangering someone else or like endangering your vehicle maybe go the speed limit. But that's just a, that's also a perfect metaphor for going the speed limit, listening to your body, listening to your environment, listening to yourself and enjoying, like enjoying the food that you're consuming, the place that you're at. You know, when was the last time that you, and this is me talking to myself, when was the last time that you just noted things on the wall? Whenever you decide to take notice of, the things that you're seeing and the things that you're touching and the things that you're feeling. Like when was the last time that you just noticed your five senses when you sat down to eat? And I, I've been talking about eating at restaurants alone, eating at like public dining places alone, but also just like eating alone at your own house, 
why do you need to turn on the television? Why do you need the, you know, constant stimulation? Uh, that was really hard to say for some reason. That is the right word, stimulation. Yeah, it is. <laughs> stimulation of your eyes and your mouth and your stomach, like all at the same time. Like, why can't you just like note the, the, the notes in your food or like the notes in your coffee? And this is also coming from the perspective of someone who has like I mentioned, dealt with disordered eating and dealt with disordered ways of thinking. But I I just think that unlearning this constant need and like ache to be stimulated from all different sides of you at all times should be something to just take note of. And so I, I don't know. I don't think that there should be any loneliness in learning to eat with yourself because you are your own greatest dining partner. You are the person that is always welcome in your body and in your mind. And even though I do think that there is so much to say for beautiful epiphanies and life and communication and memories that can happen around a dining table, Allow the dining table of one, the party of one, of yourself to be your own greatest dinner. You know, what's what's the like really great conversation starter of just like, if you could invite five people to dinner, who would it be? I just think that it's important that you name yourself somewhere in that five and know that loneliness and being alone are not synonymous and whatever you know table that you're sitting at train that you're sitting on car that you're in place that bed that you're in even if you are alone you're allowed to want someone else there but you can also live in the in-between live in the in the comfortability of like oh there's so much adventure to being by myself, but there's also adventure in being with other people. You know, there's so many pros to eating by yourself. You know, like you get to pick the place, you get to pick what's on the menu. I also really wanna be an advocate for, for ordering an appetizer for yourself because appetizers are so slept on. I think I'm like yelling about this. Like, I'll get so excited. Ordering an appetizer by yourself is such a power move because appetizers are usually for two people. But what? who makes the rules? Who makes the rules? First of all, you can order an appetizer as a meal. Like that can be your entree. That can be what you eat. Or you can order two, like a salad and fries or, you know, a really interesting like fish dish and then like fries which I think that like fries can really go with anything if they're if they're a good fry freaking treat yourself why would you not spend the time spend the money because if you are going to go out to eat you're already you know going to dish out a little bit of cash out of your bank account choosing to savor you know three parts of a meal rather than like oh I'm just going to scarf this down oh I just need to get out of here Oh, maybe they could use the table. No, you're allowed to take up space. You are allowed to savor and cherish and create a moment for yourself and the respect that you give to your body. Every morning, I say every morning, I do my very best. 
every morning I tried to do like a 10 to 20 minute yoga video just to stretch out, just to spend time in my body. And I heard on a video the other day on YouTube, the very first thing that, that my yoga gal said was take a second to thank yourself for choosing what's good for your body, like choosing to be healthy, making the choice to, you know, stretch, move, take time for your body. And I think that that can also be applicable to whenever you are choosing to do anything alone, like dining alone, yes, but like also going to the library alone, also reading a book alone, also choosing to go on an excursion to talk to someone else alone. Because if we can all be alone and like comfortable alone together, we can all come together and be happy together. And that didn't make any sense, I don't think, <laughs> as it came out of my mouth. But if you hear me, you hear me. It is lunchtime. And I'm also a really big advocate for going to lunch alone. What a great meal of the day to really set the tone of, you know, what else you're going to be doing. You're going to fuel yourself you're gonna keep going, it's gonna be great, you're gonna enjoy yourself, take care of yourself, because you deserve it. And I deserve it. And I am wearing a sweater, and uh, I'm just so happy it's fall. What a good time of year. October's such a good time. I love you guys. I'm so grateful for you. Please go eat lunch by yourself today, or dinner by yourself, or even if you just have time to, to have a coffee by yourself this morning, take time to sit with it, hold it, feel it. Know that you are so lucky to be in your own company. I love you guys and au revoir. If you enjoyed or learned anything from today's episode, I want to hear from you. Shoot me a text or call to 903-871-5092. Is completely free and anonymous if you choose. You can also shoot me an Instagram DM that's in the show notes or follow along with the Cageless newsletter. And don't forget to be kind to yourself today.